All right. Welcome, friends. Um, we're going to give you all a few minutes to jump on. Um, it's almost 1130 by my clock, so we'll give everyone a few minutes. Um, we're going to do our same warm-up game. We want y'all used to using the chat. We can't see you. We can't hear you. So the only way that we know that you're really there, truly, like a picture it didn't happen, or by using the chat screen um, so we can see um, your input and what you have to say. And so we look forward to that. So last time I had different costumes that I put on and y'all interacted through the chat. This time I've got weapons. So y'all know that I've got a fifth and eighth grade boy. And so our rooms are down to costumes, Legos, and weapons. And that's kind of the last of the, the childhood toys before we clear out and they have to grow up a little bit. So I'm going to show you a weapon and you tell me, you help try and name this weapon. Um, there's a few that multiple answers are allowed, but um, this is going to separate the girl moms from the boy moms a little bit, or maybe like just the crazy people um, from the girl moms. So here we go. So I'm going to use the first one and, and you tell me what this is. So number one, the first weapon, we got to name that weapon. Ooh, look at that. They are indeed nunchucks. Fast typing, guys, that's impressive. So, okay, so nunchucks, we're gonna put those aside. All right, our next weapon, we'll go easy. Anyone? It's not a bow and arrow, guys, come on. There you go, crossbow, nice, nice. It is actually an crossbow. It's a zombie shooter. So we were prepared for the zombie apocalypse. Um, okay, that's an easy one. Anyone? Axe, yes, very good. Anyone's on the axe throwing? My sister went this last week and I loved it. A hatchet is also, an, I would call this, I think that could be an acceptable answer. Good job, Rush. Okay. Um, all right, this has four acceptable answers. If you can do any of the four, we may accept other ones. All right, Jamie, the reigning champ of axe throwing. You've got two boys. Do y'all have this canister? Grenade, Caitlin, yes, that's actually in two of the possible options. So this could be a smoke grenade. This could be a concussion grenade. This is the conversation with my boys on the way to school this morning is the different names for this item right here. Um, this could also tear gas is an acceptable answer. We play with tear gas at our house. Um, last possibility, if anyone's throwing anyone out, I don't know if y'all wanna throw anything else out. This could also be a flashbang grenade. So all good answers, Caitlin and Ann, y'all win the prize on that. Oh, speaking of prize. So if you're just joining us and you're really freaking out right now because we're talking about flash brain grenades, um, we are just warming up our fingers for the chat. So when Lena and um, Jerrica hop on later, we can continue interacting through the chat feature. Um, so Jerrica wanted me to throw out a couple of um, prizes today. So for this next one, if you can name it, the first one to name it gets a $10 Spirit Shop uh, gift card. So if you can name this, the first one to name it, it's a spirit shop gift card. So I know this is like partial to boy moms, but like, look, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle people might get this too. And I couldn't tell you the turtle who has this. It's not a staff or a dagger. Good try. I don't know what a blad is. 
Nope. Good try, Tanya. Not a sword. And you're close, but that's not quite, not quite it. It's for 10 bucks, guys. So close. <laughs> Man, did I make this too hard? No, it's not a dagger. Oh man, I think I made this too hard. I thought that someone would get this. I knew this without boys. So I am psycho, apparently. It is a ninja tool, Dusty, but ninja sword not gonna cut it. Maybe I get the $10 prize because I know what it is. All right, we'll skip it. We'll come back to this. It's not a ninja tote, nope, nope. Um, okay, a sigh, and that's right, it's a sigh. Good job. I know she's cheering right now. I can see her bouncing in her chair. Okay, good job. That's a sigh. Um, all right, here we go. This one's easy. Y'all are doing a good job. Keep typing. Grenade, that's right. Good job, good job. All right. Um, all right, this is bonus points if you get this one. There's, there's a couple acceptable answers for this. So if you're just joining us, this is warming up the chat. It is named that weapon because we're a little mental today. Anyone? Really? No one? A throwing star would be an acceptable answer. Good job, Rush. Anyone else want to throw it out? You do fling it. It is a star. So I will say that I didn't know the official name for this. I'm gonna have to confess. My boys um, clear, clarified this just in case you were wondering. It's a shuriken and yes, you're killing it. It happens to be a half blade shuriken. So if we're gonna get technical, but and you are killing it. Okay, good job on the shuriken. All right, um, I have a few crazy weapons. So just that you know, like this is part of our weapon wall that we have. Oh, she is not using Google, you think? And you can't be cheating, you've got a son. So someone gave this to my son, like it is two or three year old birthday. They gave him a, um, a chainsaw and it works. Like true story, someone gave this to my child for birthday party. Um, so we still have it on our weapon wall because you know, who doesn't need a chainsaw when you're fighting bad guys? Um, okay, these are kind of bonus. My husband did karate. So unless you're like a karate person, you may not know what this, these are. They make that sound when you hit people. Anyone? These are not nunchucks. We had those, Belinda, but good try. Nunchucks have the chain on top. Anyone want to guess? They are a type of stick. So two words, the second word is stick. Uh, Rush, they could be batons. They don't have the, um, they don't have the handle. This is kind of a bonus thing that they just happen to have that Jason gave them. They're not bow sticks. A bow is a really long stick. I've trained on a bow before. Did y'all know that? I'm a second degree green belt in um, Tang Sudo. That was Chuck Norris's style. 
I took it in karate because my husband or my, I was dating him then he taught it. Okay, um, let's see, I'll show you a random one. We'll do one more, one more. This is also a weapon that we have in our house. Anyone want to name this bone? A femur, that's right. So in case y'all were curious what we have in our weapon wall. Okay, last one for $10 spirit shop. You get to come on. We've got a couple people that just join us. You have not lost your minds. This is a legacy sponsored event and they are endorsing me to be here right now, um, believe it or not. And we are naming um, weapons. Uh, we're getting used to our chat feature. We want you interactive today so we can't see or hear you. So this gives you an opportunity to still participate. Um, okay, last weapon for $10. Ba -ba -da -ba. Anyone? long. This is a, come on, Ann, where are you at? You're killing it today. Uh, yeah, I think Bowser does have this. So this is kind of a foam thing. I think we got this at um, Medieval Times um, because we're those parents that buy stuff like this for our kids. Anyone? Come on. Help us out here. Well, I think they just kicked me off. Uh, is not a morning star. A mace. And gets it again. Can she have both of them? Yeah, so Dusty, that's a fair question. Um, I need to get with a girl mom so we can do girly kind of things because I just, I, I don't know. I'm not, that's not my thing. And so um, I wouldn't be able to guess it. So we'd have to, I'd have to study beforehand. Um, all right, friends. Let's pray and then we'll get this, this party started. So here we go. Lord, thank you so much for this day. Lord, for the, the sweet ladies that are gathered with us today, I pray that you would just um, speak through Jerrica and Lana. Um, God, you would open our hearts and, and prepare our hearts and our ears just to hear your word. Uh, God, I thank you for the opportunity, Lord, just to gather um, even in a virtual situation, Lord, that we can still Come together as a legacy family and i thank you for our school for providing these platforms for us to do that um lord i pray that you just be with our time bless our, our fellowship together we ask all this in your name amen okay so without further ado i'm going to turn it over to um lana sneer who's our guidance counselor over in the uh, lower school um, and middle school who does just a phenomenal job of, of walking both our um, kids and our families too um, through through difficult times. And so Lana, I'm gonna pass it over to you. Thanks, Heather. Um, thank y'all for letting me come and be here. I love coming to Eagle Mamas. I will be honest and say, I loved it much better when we got to have the fancy lunch, but this works just as well also. I um, really wish I could see y'all. If any of you uh, don't know me, I am the lower school counselor. So I work with kids pre-K four all the way up until um, eighth grade. And I love that, love my job. I love the longevity of the amount of time that I get with those kiddos. Um, so when Jerrica asked me to come and talk today, I reached out to her and I said, you know, okay, what are you kind of focusing on so I can mirror that a little bit? And she said, you know, burdens. And um, I started to reflect on that. And she said, maybe just share, you know, what are the burdens that you see in our kids? And um, I really did have to stop and kind of start reflecting on those, those things because the reality is that 
I don't really see the burdens. I, I see the symptoms. And it, it was a good reminder for me that um, I have to separate those two and a good opportunity for me to share with you the importance of, of, of you as parents and also being able to separate burdens from symptoms. Um, anytime I, I think about burdens, for some reason, I don't know why, maybe it's my weird mind. Heather talked about having, you know, her weird mind. It's my weird mind. But when someone says burden, really the thing that flashes in my head is that picture. I think we've probably all seen it. It's kind of the, it's usually black and white. And it's this Neanderthal man who's got this rock on the back of his, his shoulders. And he's like, hunched over and he's you know you see his strength but you see the strain and he's carrying this this huge burden and this huge boulder up this rocky hillside and that's what flashes in my mind when I I think burden because it's such a clear picture of someone carrying a burden now what we miss in that picture is the symptoms of his burden you know we don't we get focused on the boulder so we miss uh the 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 strain that he must feel in his his arms the the sweat that must be pouring from his brow the pulsating ache and throbbing in his thighs um we don't get to see the thoughts that are circling through his head i i can imagine it's it's hopelessness it's it's self-defeat. It's, I can't do this. There's no way. I don't have it in me. Um, we don't see those things. We see the boulder and we see the burden that he, that he carries. And interesting enough, for us as parents and, um, and me as the counselor, we get the flip side of that image. And what we get to see is the symptoms of our kids but we don't clearly get to see the boulder. So when I'm talking about symptoms of kids, our kids carrying burdens, um, what I want you to kind of think is and realize is that, you know, the things that I see are, you know, if we talk about the, the, the ache in the muscles of the man carrying the boulder. Well, I, I see that ache in our kids of, you know, it's, it's the anxiety, it's the anger, it's the, the angst. Um, I see the, the cramps in their legs from just carrying all day long. And that, that, that's gonna look like, you know, we see the eating issues, the unhealthy relationships and friendships, the, instead of dripping sweat, you know, I, I see compromised values and poor choices. Um, instead of um, the hopelessness of, you know, being able to carry this, this boulder, I get to see, you know, the, the hopelessness that comes in the form of depression and isolation. So I, I'm seeing all these things among our students, you know, the, the, from self-harm all the way to just, you know, self-loathing and everything in between, but they all come from heavy, heavy burdens. And unfortunately, those burdens aren't so easily seen. Um, so if you ask me, you say, okay, well, what are, what are those burdens? Yes, those are the symptoms, but what are the big boulders? What are the burdens that our kids are carrying that cause these symptoms that we see so prevalent? 
And if I had to, you know, as I'm, I was reflecting on this and I thought, you know what, if I had to really like nail it down and um, kind of kind of clump it all together, I would say, okay, the burdens of our kids are, I'm not good enough. Uh, the burden of, I don't have value and I don't have worth. The burden of, I don't measure up to everyone else. I'm not like my peers. I'm not as good as my peers. Um, the burden of, I'm not accepted. I'm not liked. Um, I'm not included. The burden of, I'm not perfect. I don't have what it takes. Um, those are the burdens that sit on our kids' shoulders. Those are the burdens that weigh them down. The things that we see, the anxiety, the depression, the self-harm, the self-loathing, those are the symptoms. And when I look at those two things, I don't like the symptoms, but the symptoms are easier for me to, to deal with than the burden, but I've got to get to the burden. And we as parents have to get to the burden because they're big burdens. Um, and uh, our kids need us to, to recognize those burdens and to see those burdens and to come along and carry them. So, you know, there's two things that I try to do in my office. And it's two things I also try to do as a parent. And I encourage you to do as a parent. One is, you know, we don't ignore the symptoms. I'm not saying ignore the symptoms in our kids. It's like, we acknowledge that. Um, we let them know that we see that symptom, but, but we also let them know that we recognize that that symptom is the result of something heavy and a battle that they are in, you know, and that we are uh, coming along beside them and that it is our role as parents to help them to carry that burden, that they're not alone. And we can do this really in two ways. And so that makes it sound easy. It's like, okay, problem, solution, two, two ways. Um, but to me, those two ways are one being, you know what, our kids have got to know that um, while their burdens are big, their God is bigger. Um, you know, they have to know that while their burdens seem hidden, they're not. God sees them and he knows them. And so we have to quickly point them back to scripture over and over and over again. If you, if you go back and you think, what are the burdens that they're carrying? I'm not good enough. I'm alone. Um, I don't measure up. I'm not accepted. And if we could just direct them back to scripture that says, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're, before I formed you in the womb, I planned your life up for you. I've chosen you. I've set you apart. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I love you. They need to be reminded of that. They need to uh, be have scripture poured into their life because that will remind them that God is lifting that burden. And then the other thing I think as parents is that we have to actually make sure that we are being burden lifters. Um, I, I'm, I'm not always a great burden lifter at my house. You know, sometimes I see the symptoms of things with my, my own son, like I might, you know, see a string of bad grades. And instead of recognizing that as a symptom and seeking out to find out what the burden is, I may come in and just say, oh my gosh, what's going on with these grades? This is awful. And, and in doing that, I am not lifting the burden I am adding to the burden and I'm just pressing down further on him. And so I've had to learn in my own home to, to be a lifter of burdens, to be able to come alongside him and say, you know, in a sympathetic voice, 
you know, what's going on? How can I help you to lift this burden? We have to remember we're nurturers and, and God designed us to be nurturers, but let's not forget what a nurturer is. A nurturer is someone who encourages and who feeds and attends to things. And we have to remember that what we attend to and what we celebrate is what grows. And so if I'm attending to the right things and I'm lifting the burdens and I'm attending to my child's strengths and his capabilities and his talents and how he's made, then those things are gonna grow. And we're gonna see someone stand up tall under that burden and toss it aside and be able to walk on up the hillside. So it's, you know, let me leave you with just a couple of some summary points, which is just see the symptoms, but don't forget that below that symptom is the burden and seek to know the burden. And the burden is usually about self-value and self-worth. And then dig through that with them to point them back to the creator who tells them their value and their worth. And then let them know that you are a burden lifter and that you are walking this with them. So again, I, I thank you for letting me be here. I am honored that you trust your kids with me and I'm always here if you ever need anything. So enjoy Jerrica. She has a great message. Thank you so much, Dr. Sneer. Wow. You know, it's, um, it happens every time that our guidance counselors speak to us that I, I invite them in to speak and I'm so grateful that they um, invest in us, but without fail every time, I feel like it's also a word for me and a word for us. And I think everything that she shared, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about for me also, of course, I wanna be that for my kids. You gave us some great um, tips and practical advice and some phrases that I don't think will soon leave my mind. So thank you for that, but also, Man, what a great word for us, even as moms, because I think a lot of times the, the things that, um, you know, our kids are dealing with, uh, if, if we don't allow the Lord to really solidify those things and to lay a foundation in us, then we can get to adulthood and still be struggling with those same things. And even if we do have um, history with the Lord and a close relationship with him in times like these, uh, some of those things can come back up and rear their ugly head. And so um, as you were talking, Dr. Sneer, I was just thinking, man, we could, you know, after Heather's weapons and your word, we could truly just call it a day and, you know, go cozy up somewhere with some coffee or something. So anyway, uh, if that, if you need to do that, feel free, go ahead. Don't feel like you have to stay, but um, I'm so glad that you're here. And, you know, we've, we've been interested with much being part of legacy and, all the wonderful people and resources the school provides for us and our kids and um, our family, me, my husband and my boys, we've been blessed to benefit from Legacy for the last seven years. And I've been leading the Eagle Mama events for the last three. And so my husband and Eric and I have been married for 15 years. Our sons, Jack and Jacob are 13 and 11. And so we've entered into this kind of new season this year in that we have a seventh grader. So we have We've entered the world of like middle school sports and activities. And I feel like that's opened up this whole other part of legacy that we haven't known until now. And so my, my son plays football and I'm, 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 don't tell him I said this. I'm, I'm saying he plays football and I'm using that term very liberally here. Um, he puts on the pads and gets out there and does his best and it's great. 
and and my husband and I are enjoying just spending time uh, with, with families. And also he's been wanting to go watch his friends play. So because he's only in seventh grade, doesn't have a phone, doesn't have a car, that means mom goes with him to those places. So I have been at seventh grade volleyball games. And, you know, I have to say, like, it, it, it's so fun. For those of you who have a seventh grade girl on the volleyball team, so when I was in seventh grade, I could barely, um, you know, serve the ball over the net underhanded. And y'all, I go to these legacy games and I think they can all jump serve. It is crazy. They are so good. And so uh, we've been enjoying that this year. And um, so my name is Jerrica Olson. I just want to, again, welcome you today to our virtual Equal Mom Lunch. And I wish, just like Dr. Sneer and Heather, that this was an in-person event. But today, it's probably in your best interest that it's virtual because this is Halloween week. And being Halloween week, you know, country club or not, you know I was going to dress up as something. And so if this were in person, this is the part where um, I would probably have on one of my mini costumes and I would go around and I would want to hear what some of your favorite costumes have been, um, you know, from childhood. And, you know, on that note, I feel like this wouldn't be an Eagle Mama event that I'm leading if I don't just show you one of my options for today was just this guy. I don't know if the country club would have been excited about a unicorn walking around, but that's definitely what I would have been doing. And so if you just want to put it in the chat for fun, what your favorite Halloween costume was growing up or from the last two years, then go ahead. Um, I think my favorite costume actually wasn't from childhood. It was actually from 2017. And um, I think we have some photos of it that we can, that we can put up. But uh, my boys, yep, there we go. My boys were due for uh, their yearly embarrassment from mom. And so I dressed up as Chewbacca and they rode their bikes to school. I rollerbladed with them to school, dressed as Chewbacca, waved to everybody on Legacy. And my boys have probably had to see Dr. Sneer several times because of this one event. And we are saving for counseling in their future. Dr. Sneer is thinking, this explains so much. Look at this crazy person. But you know what? I might do this again on Friday just for fun. I don't know. Shannon Nelson can tell me if that's not allowed, if I'll scare away perspective students but you know I was thinking back on this and we don't have to keep keep showing Chewbacca there but <laughs> I was thinking back on this and how just how fun that was and and um, I got to thinking about this year and and how by this point 2020 I think has impacted all of us in probably a number of of ways but for me I realized somewhere along the way, I think it's taken some of my just humor and lightheartedness and just the way that God made me, which is just, you know, to do fun things like that and to, um, you know, embarrass my kids a little bit and, and make other people smile. I really do think that a lot of that humor has been dulled just because of the way this year has gone. And so I thought, you know what, I might do that on Friday just to kind of bring back some laughter and some lightheartedness to the season because somewhere along the way before I, before I knew it, um, I found myself just sort of gravitating to this seriousness all the time and, and laughter and humor kind of became elusive to me. And I think this is probably the case, you know, for many people during this time. 
And it's, it's difficult um, to not be negatively affected by the times that we're living in. And so um, through that, I think I felt kind of this tension and this restlessness and kind of like things weren't right because I wasn't being, you know, the person that God created me to be because of the circumstances around me. And that isn't the place that God wants us to live. And, um, and it's in his mercy that he lets us kind of feel that tension that something is off because he doesn't want us to be distant from him. He wants us to stay with him. And really it's through that, through this, man, how did I kind of get over here when this is really who I am and who you created me to be? And I realized there was distance there and, and really just thinking about that distance, how it happened, when it happened, and then God's invitation to stay with him that is where um, this message uh, came from, was just my own journey in, in staying with him this year. And really um, staying with him looks like a lifestyle of rest, soul rest. And the verse that um, I, I, I have for us today is in Matthew 11, 28 through 30. And it says, and many of us have heard this. If, you, if you've been to church, you've heard this verse. Um, it says, come to me, all who, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I'm reading this in the Amplified Version. It says, I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest and relief and ease and refreshment and recreation and blessed quiet for your souls. I, I love that extra wording from the Amplified Translation. And then verse 30, for my yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp, or pressing, but comfortable, gracious, and pleasant. And my burden is light and easy to be borne. Now, okay, I don't know about you, but in other years, you know, that verse is a lot easier for me. Like, yes, okay, come to me, all you who are labor and, and overburdened, and I'll give you rest. And, and it seems like a pretty easy pivot for me to, to come to him and then exchange those burdens for, for rest and for ease and for relief. But I don't know what it is about, I guess I do know what it is about this year, that even simply that first part of coming to him has become difficult. And really, I think a better verse to describe where I find myself is probably in Hebrews 4.11, which tells us to strive to enter his rest. <laughs> and so for me, I think that that's actually the part that I've, I've got to get to him. And then when I get to him, I've got to stay with him. And this year has proven to be extremely difficult for me to get to him. And because of that, that has created some distance, distance that I know I'm not okay with, distance that I know he wants to um, he will, he wants to draw me close and he wants me staying right with him so that we can receive his rest and his refreshment. So in my own journey of just staying joined to him, it was important that I realized what caused, caused the distance in the first place. So I, um, you know, really, you know, you don't need my own, my opinion on anything. I can tell you, or you can ask my husband how that worked for, for many years. It doesn't work. So I always want to go to God's word for these answers. Um, and so why is it so hard for us to stay with him, to remain joined with him? Because a lifestyle of rest is a life joined with him. And so that's where I want to be. 
I want to accept this invitation to stay with him no matter what. So, so what happened along the way? Um, where was it this year that um, I decided, you know what, I, I don't know about that. So I'm going to be over here. I know you're there, but I'm over here. So, so why is it hard for us during certain seasons, especially during 2020, for us to stay with him, to remain joined with him? And so there are three things that I saw um, just in looking at the life of Jesus and the disciples and, and his friends. I wanted to see situations where it was difficult for them to stay where he was. And so three things that we're going to talk about today in hopes that, um, you know, the veil is removed and maybe we realize, wow, this, this, this maybe happened this year and he wants me to overcome this so that I can stay with him so that I can be right where he is so he can lift my burdens. And then I have capacity to be a burden lifter for my kids and for, for my family. So here's what I came up with here from, from God's word. It's hard to stay with him when other things seem more urgent. It's hard to stay with him when the place he is in is scary. It's hard to stay with him when it requires complete vulnerability and empathy. And so let's talk about the first one. It can be hard to stay with him, to remain joined with him when other things seem more urgent. And I get that from the story of Mary and Martha when Jesus visits their house. And, and you can find this in, in Luke 10, 38 through 42. But Jesus comes to their house. And so, of course, that's a very serious deal. So Martha has all this list of to-dos and chores. And she's running around the house doing things that seemed urgent. And Mary just stopped and sat with Jesus. And because of this, she was criticized and judged. And her actions were called out by her sister. But Jesus defended her saying she has chosen the only thing needed. And there's so many things right now that seem urgent. So many. And it seems like they keep coming up. <laughs> One urgent thing after another. Things that seem worthy of our constant busyness and distraction and worry. Things that seem that the rest of the world, like literally the whole rest of the world are constantly engaging it in some way. And so we feel like we have to as well. Things that pull us away from being yoked with him. And don't get me wrong, there are some very serious things happening right now. I mean, and, and for Mary and Martha, Jesus coming to your house would have been a huge deal. So I know, you know, Martha felt like, you know, her long list of chores and to-dos were, were worthy urgencies, if you will. But Jesus gives Mary permission to just let him tell her what's urgent and what's not. And in that moment, sitting with him was what was urgent. So sit with him. Ask him what's urgent for you during this season. Ask him what it is that you need to put your effort and energy into. What burdens are you carrying? And he's saying, no, not right now. Um, that, that isn't for you right now. And just because others are distracted and busy and angry and anxious doesn't mean we have to be. And only doing what others are doing usually kind of keeps us in this constant cycle of, of distraction and busyness anyway. So um, choosing to stay yoked to him and this lifestyle of rest gives us contentment, obedience, joyful surrender, simplicity, a calm and quiet spirit and focus. Um, this summer, um, my, my family went to Montana for almost two months and we had this trip planned well before we knew about 
coronavirus or anything like that, my, my boys decided instead of doing a, a camp uh, this past summer that they wanted to go to Montana and stay with some family friends. And when, when the pandemic happened and my husband all of a sudden didn't travel anymore for work and could work from anywhere, um, it, you know, we got the opportunity to kind of extend our stay there from a couple of weeks to almost two months. And we really did feel like God had gone before us in that after my husband had traveled the last eight years, over a hundred nights a year, that God was really telling us, this is my gift to you. So you can rest and refresh and you can parent together and you can um, experience life together every day, all day. And, you know, I, I worried about what this would look like you know, to everyone else, because the timing didn't feel right to me. You know, the world was, there was so much uncertainty, so much anxiety, so much anger. There were so many things happened. And so, you know, God carving out for us this time of physical, emotional, spiritual rest didn't make a lot of sense. And I was even worried about what people might think of that. But the reality was um, I couldn't go into the jail I couldn't do my prison ministry events. He literally kind of cleared our schedule and our calendar and said, this is my gift to you even during this time. And so it was important for me that I was joined with him, that I was sitting at his feet and listening to him so that I could receive this gift that he was wanting to give me, even though during the season and, and during the time, rest certainly didn't make sense. But if I wasn't staying with him, I wouldn't have been able to receive the gift and the refreshment and the rest. So exchange the burdens the world seeks to lay on us for his rest. Yoke with him and let him carry the bulk. So that's that's the first reason that it can be hard to stay with him um, because there are things that seem more urgent. Uh, the second thing, the second reason it can be hard to stay with him is because it can be scary. It's scary. I, I'm thinking about this story where the disciples are with him on the boat and, this, and a storm comes up. And you can read about this story in Mark 35 through 40, but I'll read you part of it here. It just Jesus says, let us go across to the other side of the lake. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he was and, the other and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? I don't know how many of you feel like that in 2020. Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? <laughs> and he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? So here we have the disciples with him. And Jesus had said, Let's go to the other side because he knew there was ministry on the other side that they were going to get to. And all of a sudden a storm comes up and the disciples are fearful because they, they forgot that he said, no, we're going to the other side. And they thought the storm actually had more authority than Jesus's words, getting them to the other side. So Jesus rebuked the wind and the waves to address their fear, not so they would survive the storm. Surviving the storm was, was never a question. Um, because in his instructions, it was very clear, let's go to the other side. He didn't say, let's go to the other side unless a storm comes up or unless something bigger happens. He said, we're going to the other side. And the storm could only prevent them from getting to the other side 
if they were overcome by fear and jumped overboard or, you know, tried to do something and, and it was self-destructive. But Jesus calming the storm put their fear where it should be, which was in him. And oftentimes, uh, worry and anxiety is just misplaced fear. Um, so staying with him through fear requires courage. Well, how do we have courage right now? Well, courage comes when we remember his words and we know that nothing the enemy or the world throws our way can alter his plans for us. So the disciples, the key for courage for them would have just been, wait, what did he say again? What's happening here? Oh, he said, we're going to the other side. So how does this storm fit in with what he already told us is going to happen? Because this isn't lining up. So what would courage have looked like during that storm? Would it have looked like running around, freaking out, trying to come up with strategies to, to survive, throw the water overboard, or you know, turn the ship this way? Or would courage have looked like just finding Jesus and sitting right down next to him? It would have looked like finding Jesus and sitting next to him, reminding themselves that he did indeed say that they would cross to the other side. But sometimes fear masquerades as courage. Because the guys that were out there trying to fix it and, um, you know, trying to survive, that may have looked courageous. But if one of them just would have found Jesus and sat next to him, that's actually what courage would have looked like. So what does courage look like for us during this season? It looks like peace. It doesn't look like striving to survive or get back to an old normal. It looks like finding him and sitting down right next to him. It looks like peace in the storm. So don't let the storm right now define what courage looks like. Has fear taken over all of your decision making? If so, there's a good chance that there's some distance and, and you're no longer yoking with him. Do you remember what Jesus was telling you before coronavirus happened? Where were you at? What was his goal for you and your family? You know, for me, um, I was thinking back to the beginning of this year and just, um, as I'm kind of going back to try and find, you know, okay, where, where did you exit? And I kept going and how did this distance happen? I'm just backtracking in my mind. And so I went back, okay, Lord, you know, at the beginning of the year, what, you know, kind of, what did I think this year was going to look like or be about? And at the beginning of the year, I thought this year was going to be a year of growth for me and my family. And I kind of pictured a, a height chart. I think I mentioned this at one of our Eagle Mamas, um, maybe after the first of the year, but I, I, I pictured a, a height chart and I pictured, you know, the ones that like maybe your grandma had and every year you would stand up against it and see how much you grew. Well, I pictured me standing up against a height chart and, and this year from last year having grown a lot in height. And then, you know, in addition to that, uh, growing in weight. And of course, I'm talking about, you know, spiritually speaking here, uh, hopefully. Um, so he said, after this year, you're going to stand up against a height chart and be taller and stronger. And so I go back to that and I'm like, oh, you did give me a clue as to what this year was going to be about. And also, so I told you I have a seventh grader. We are, um, it seems like we're just kind of going from growth spurt to growth spurt. And, and one of the things that happens in growth spurts are growth pains. And so my son, Jack, will say, oh, my, my knee hurts or whatever it is. You know, my husband will say, yeah, that's, that's growing pains. But the way he describes growing pains sometimes 
it, it's like the Lord is speaking to me through, you know, my 13 year old, but he says, you know, it, it, it hurts on the inside. It's like, it hurts on the inside. And Lord was like, yes, when it hurts on the inside, it's because you're having a growth spurt. Those are growing pains. And how many of us right now, it's like this season, it hurts so much. And God's saying, you're growing, you're getting taller, you're getting stronger. And so um, just, just go back, you know, where was I before this? It's important that you, you remember his words to you. I um, have been walking with um, a woman this past year who um, is kind of in the middle of God, uh, restoring her marriage, restoring her family and bringing a lot of healing. And that was all going on before coronavirus happened. And so then um, when, when the pandemic hit and then all, this, all these other things started happening, she was feeling drawn away from what God was wanting to do in her family um, to some of these other things that, again, the world was telling her is urgent. And so I was reminding her, no, what God is doing in you and, and, and the restoration and the healing that he's doing in you and in your marriage and your family is your priority, and that's okay. And so remember what God was telling you before this happened and stay true to where he has you. So um, that's the second thing. It's hard to stay with him when it's scary. So have courage, have courage during the storm and courage comes when we're, when we're joined with him. And the, the last thing um, that, I, that I wanted to talk about and the reason why it's hard to stay with him is because sometimes it requires empathy and complete vulnerability. And the story that God highlighted for me um, for this one was the disciples in the garden of Gethsemane. And you can find this in Matthew 26, 38. And it says, then he said to them, this is Jesus. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. <laughs> so he's saying, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Please stay with me in this and keep watch with me. So he was asking them, stay with me through pain, stay with me through sorrow and grief and hardship. But this is going to require us to get outside of our comfort zones, to give up the way we want things to go or the way we think things should look. And we have to stop hiding behind our own forms of self-protection, which for me um, is running away, trying to force my will or desires and my timing, avoiding, escaping, numbing. And then we have to be willing to enter into these difficult situ situations that ultimately have a restorative end. But oftentimes we avoid staying with him because we don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to hurt. We don't, we don't want to be in pain. And some of us may find ourselves not staying joined with him and then following at a distance because we've refused to surrender our own agenda. We refuse to give up our methods of self-protection. And so we're following him at a distance. And when that happens, and I'm, I'm speaking from personal experience here, um, that's where restlessness and tension and anxiety um, happens. And, and that for me um, opens me up to disobedience and rebellion. And so we can't stay with him if we keep choosing avoidance over vulnerability. And it's important that we enter into these Gethsemane type situations because God does have a restorative purpose in these things. And people need us to be there for them. 
to watch and pray and encourage and give solutions from heaven's perspective. And I, I don't know about you, but um, I know many people that are really struggling right now. I mean, even in my own family, there are things that, you know, we're dealing with and I know God is doing, but it's so tempting to just, you know, put up convenient boundaries and, and not engage and not enter in and not, you know, be where he is because it's hard and it's painful. And so I'm finding myself tempted to just, to just avoid, to stay on the outside and not go there because it's outside my comfort zone. It actually requires something difficult of me and it's painful. And honestly, it can be awkward. I don't always know what to do or what to say, but you know, the disciples, they, they chose to not accept this season, not accept um, Jesus' call to stay with him and watch and pray. And they chose sleep and rest instead. And what he wants us to know is even in the sorrow, our souls can still be at rest because he's with us, comforting us, guiding us, strengthening us and sustaining us. And so there's some conversations that some of us need to have, you know, with our spouse or our friends or extended family members. And that's the place that Jesus is. And he's inviting us to stay with him. Yes. Even in those difficult situations, he's like, there are, there are questions I want you to ask. There are notes I want you to write. And as hard as it is to believe, he is there and he wants us there with him, even in those places. And even in that place, that's where I love Psalm 23 that, that, that says he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemy. That's where the table is. And so declining to go to those hard places with him, we're also declining the table that he has prepared before us. And so um, think about if, if there are areas of your life that maybe you're distant from him because um, there's there's a place that you aren't willing to go with him, to stay joined with him, to, um, to stay with him in. And so his invitation to us today, I felt um, him leading is just to say, stay with me, come to me. Because when we join our lives to him in the place that he's in, that's where we have this exchange from heavy burdens to his yoke. And the cool thing about yokes, and I, and I just learned this, this last year, is you know, when a, a new oxen is yoked, um, they are all, and I may not say this right for those of you who are familiar with this, so just um, give me some grace on this, but um, when a new oxen is yoked or a weaker oxen is yoked, they put it with a stronger oxen who's very experienced. And so while they're yoked together, really the, the stronger experienced ox is um, carrying over 90% of the load and ultimately in charge of the direction they go. And I love that picture because that's what God invites us into. Yes, we're yoked with him, but we're equipped to only carry um, what he is asking us to carry. So that's the invitation is yoke with him, stay with him. Even if it looks heavy, he's saying, I'm going to carry the bulk of the load. And he's our oasis in every situation. Yeah, even in that hard and scary place. And we can come to him and stay with him. It's the only way to exchange unnecessary burdens for his relief, refreshment, and soul rest. So yoke with him. Let him carry the bulk of the load and strengthen you to carry only what he gives you. Let peace be the evidence that you're living a lifestyle of rest. I'm praying for you. I look forward to our next event, hopefully after the first of the year. And um, please utilize the... Um, 
the contact information that you're given if you need prayer. Um, also, uh, I was thinking about this today and, and feel led to share this. Uh, if, if, if you are wanting to maybe be connected with another mom or another woman, um, just to have, uh, you know, connection or accountability during this time. This is something that I recently did. I just kind of asked around to different moms at Legacy and said, hey, do you know a mom that has raised boys or is also raising boys that I could just connect with and glean from their wisdom? And so I kind of took that initiative um, just to give myself another layer of encouragement and accountability. And I can't tell you how blessed I've been um, just from some of the legacy moms that he's connected me with. And so um, feel free to reach out to me or even, um, or Heather, and, and we can help you out with that if that's something that you're interested in at this time. And so I love you. I wish we were in person. I give you an air hug. This is what it looks like at jail. So thank you so much for attending today and feel free to, um, we should have a link for this um, in the future. And so feel free to share with your, uh, with your other moms in your grade level and love you. Have a great week. All right. Thanks so much, Jerica. Um, gosh, such good words and such good reminders. I think that apply to every one of us today. So thank you for letting the Lord speak through you. So we're so grateful for you and, um, your sweet family, your sweet boys. Um, all right. Last few things. We've got a few, um, items that we want to, um, to remind you of, um, as far as, uh, spirit shop items and, and save the date items. Um, so the first one is we've got our Eagle Mama hat. So in case you didn't know, you are attending an Eagle Mama event right now. Um, so here's a hat that, that kind of honors us and, and recognizes this specific ministry. Um, and just being a, a, a mom of a, a LCA Eagle right now. So that's the first thing. Um, and November 1st is the last day to order that. So get your order in quickly. Um, if you save the dates, next week we have our um, Wednesdays, the town hall, our monthly town hall. Um, we have another pep talk coming up. I don't know if you were able to catch the last one. Um, but guys, you don't want to miss out on this. This is fantastic information and speakers that, that our school is bringing in um, for, for us. Uh, that is such a valuable resources that we have. Um, and then in partnering with that, uh, this time we're partnering with Raising Canes um, right there on uh, the, the tollway in El Dorado. Um, go pick up some food. Um, actually, anytime at Canes on, on that day, on the November 9th, um, we're partnering and a portion of those proceeds go come back to Legacy. Um, in a couple weeks, that Wednesday the 14th, we've got a prayer walk coming um, an amazing time, uh, to join with other women and just walk it and speak, speak God's word over our campus and pray over our teachers and our students and our community. Uh, so I invite you to come and join us for that. Um, and then we have, we'll have Eagle Mama again coming in the spring uh, on the other side. So we look forward to you joining us there. Um, all right, what's next, Shannon? We've got, um, we have Spirit Shop, I think. Oh, check out Spirit Shop. We do have some new things there as well, not just that hat. Um, but you can follow us, uh, Legacy, follow the, the events that are happening, some really cool pictures. Um, there's a great homecoming pictures that are on the, our Facebook page right now. Uh, follow us on Instagram. Um, follow us on YouTube through LCA News Now. And if you need to reach out and contact, um, if you have questions or concerns, 
um, the PTF at legacy.com, uh, prayer requests, uh, the website, there's ways for you to reach out to us. And I'm going to echo what, um, Jerica said, ladies, reach out, reach out, look at your, your kids class list and reach out to a mom, maybe that you don't know well and connect. I think we are desperate for connection right now. We are desperate, um, Lord, to, just to be, be with one another for that fellowship. So I encourage you to, to take that initiative and, um, to take initiative in that. Um, okay, let's close in prayer and we will, we'll dismiss from there. Lord, thank you so much for every one of these ladies that, that are here. I thank you for, for your words of wisdom through, through Jerica uh, and through Lana. Um, God, I just thank you for the encouragement, God, to continue to cling to you. Um, Lord, for the reminder that it's okay to be vulnerable. Lord, it's okay to go into scary places. Um, God, it's, there are times when we just seem overwhelmed with other things to do. But Lord, our first priority, first and foremost, keep our eyes fixed and, and set on you. And Lord, I thank you for, for bringing those words to Jerica, uh, for, her, for her wisdom, Lord, for her discernment and sharing that. I pray over each and every one of these families now. Um, I pray for protection over them. Lord, I pray for physical protection uh, over illness. Um, I pray for spiritual protection, God, as we attempt to raise our children um, in a manner that is according to your calling. Um, Lord, I thank you that we have uh, these strong women around us that can, can help build us back up, encourage us, and uh, walk through this together. Lord, I pray that you would just go with us from here. Um, Lord, be with us. And we ask all this in your name, we pray. Amen. All right, friends, thank y'all for coming. Y'all have a great day and we'll see y'all next time.